beautiful edge of a live volcano shucks sadie don't talk like that child said the older woman nervously it's enough to scare anyone to listen to you well but don't you feel it yourself auntie look at that great desert stretching away and away until it is lost in the shadows hear the sad whisper of the wind across it it's just the most solemn thing that ever i saw in my life i'm glad we found something that will make you solemn my dear said her aunt i've sometimes thought sakes alive what's that from somewhere amongst the hill shadows upon the other side of the river there had risen a high shrill whimpering rising and swelling to end in a long weary wail it's only a jackal miss adams said stevens i heard one when we went out to see the sphinx by moonlight but the american lady had risen and her face showed that her nerves had been ruffled if i had my time over again i wouldn't have come past aswan said she i can't think what possessed me to bring you all the way up here sadie your mother will think that i am clean crazy and i'd never dare to look at her in the eye if anything went wrong with us i've seen all i want to see of this river and all i ask now is to be back at cairo again why auntie cried the girl it isn't like you to be faint-hearted well i don't know how it is sadie but i feel a bit unstrung and that beast caterwauling over yonder was just more than i could put up with there's one consolation we are scheduled to be on our way home to-morrow after we've seen this one rock or temple or whatever it is i'm full up of rocks and temples mr stevens i shouldn't mope if i never saw another come sadie good-night 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 miss adams and the two ladies passed down to their cabins Monsieur Fardet was chatting in a subdued voice with Hardingly, the young Harvard graduate, bending forward confidentially between the whiffs of his cigarette. Dervishes, Mr. Headingly, said he, speaking excellent English, but separating his syllables as a Frenchman will, there are no dervishes. They do not exist. Why, I thought the woods were full of them, said the American. Monsieur Fardet glanced across to where the red core of Colonel Cochrane's cigar was glowing through the darkness. "'You are an American, and you do not like the English,' he whispered. "'It is perfectly comprehended upon the continent that the Americans are opposed to the English.' "'Well,' said Headingley, with his slow, deliberate manner, "'I won't say that we have not our tiffs, and there are some of our people, mostly of Irish stock, who are always mad with england but the most of us have a kindly thought for the mother country you see they may be aggravating folk sometimes but after all they are our own folk and we can't wipe that off the slate ah eh bien said the frenchman at least i can say to you what i could not without offence say to these others and i repeat that there are no dervishes they were an invention of lord cromer in the year eighteen eighty five you don't say cried headingly it is well known in paris and has been exposed in la patrie and other of our so well-informed papers but this is colossal said headingly 
Do you mean to tell me, Monsieur Fardet, that the siege of Khartoum and the death of Gordon and the rest of it was just one great bluff?" "I will not deny that there was an _emeute_. But it was local, you understand, and now long forgotten. Since then there has been profound peace in the Soudan." "But I have heard of raids, Monsieur Fardet, and I've read of battles, too, when the Arabs tried to invade Egypt. It was only two days ago that we passed Toski, where the dragoman said there had been a fight. Is that all bluff also?" "'Pah, my friend! You do not know the English. You look at them as you see them with their pipes and their contented faces, and you say, now these are good simple folk who will never hurt any one. But all the time they are thinking and watching and planning. Here is Egypt weak, they cry, allons! and down they swoop like a gull upon a crust. You have no right there, says the world, come out of it. But England has already begun to tidy everything, just like the good Miss Adams when she forces her way into the house of an Arab. Come out, says the world. Certainly, says England, just wait one little minute until I have made everything nice and proper. So the world waits for a year or so, and then it says once again, come out. Just wait a little, says England. There is trouble at Khartoum, and when I have set that all right, I shall be very glad to come out. So they wait until it is all over, and then again they say, come out. How can I come out, says England, when there are still raids and battles going on? If we were to leave, Egypt would be run over. But there are no raids, says the world. Oh, are there not, says England? and then within a week sure enough the papers are full of some new raid of dervishes we are not all blind mr headingley we understand very well how such things can be done a few bedouins a little bakshis some blank cartridges and behold a raid well well said the american i'm glad to know the rights of this business for it has often puzzled me but what does england get out of it she gets the country, monsieur. I see. You mean, for example, that there is a favorable tariff for British goods? No, monsieur, it is the same for all. Well, then, she gives the contracts to Britishers. Precisely, monsieur. For example, the railroad that they are building right through the country, the one that runs alongside the river, that would be a valuable contract for the British. Monsieur Fardet was an honest man, if an imaginative one. It is a French company, monsieur, which holds the railway contract, said he. The American was puzzled. They don't seem to get much for their trouble, said he. Still, of course, there must be some indirect pull somewhere. For example, Egypt no doubt has to pay and keep all those redcoats in Cairo. Egypt, monsieur? no they are paid by england well i suppose they know their own business best but they seem to me to take a great deal of trouble and to get mighty little in exchange if they don't mind keeping order and guarding the frontier with a constant war against the dervishes on their hands i don't know why any one should object i suppose no one denies that the prosperity of the country has increased enormously since they came the revenue returns show that. They tell me also that the poorer folks have justice, which they never had before. 
"'What are they doing here at all?' said the Frenchman angrily. "'Let them go back to their island. We cannot have them all over the world. Well, certainly to us Americans who live all in our own land, it does seem strange how you European nations are forever slopping over into some other country which was not meant for you. It's easy for us to talk, of course, for we have still got room and to spare for all our people. When we start pushing each other over the edge, we shall have to start annexing also. But at present, just here in North Africa, there is Italy in Abyssinia, and England in Egypt, and France in Algiers. France, cried Monsieur Fadet, Algiers belongs to France. You laugh, Monsieur, I have the honour to wish you a very good night. He rose from his seat and walked off, rigid with outraged patriotism, to his cabin. End of chapter 1